0: Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I'm Small Biz Lady, America's number one small business expert, and I am excited to welcome you to today's show. Today's show is all about developing your 2021 business strategy. If you need a new strategy for where your business is going to be going in the new year, Well, we have all been affected by the pandemic, and you're in the right place. Small Biz Chat is really, it's a live peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get and share valuable information and advice. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure, and tonight's show is featuring three live guests, and we are also broadcasting from my Small Biz Lady Facebook page, my YouTube channel, and we're streaming live on Twitter via Periscope. On Small Business Chat Live, our goal is to give our small business audience an opportunity to hear sage advice from multiple angles to grow your business and take it to the next level. So with that, I would love to introduce my guest. Now, let me introduce my next guest, who is someone I've known for a very long time. Her name is, her name is, (laughs) I've known her so long, I'm choking on saying her name. (laughs) Her name is Elaine Pugler and she is the host of the Support is Sexy podcast featuring interviews with more than 500 diverse women entrepreneurs. She's also the founder of SIS Academy, an online learning platform for Black women entrepreneurs. She's also the author of the forthcoming book, Get Over I Got It, which is coming out from HarperCollins next May. Elaine, welcome to Small Business
1: Melinda, thank you so much for having me here. You're like my cousin's girl. My cousin still mispronounced my last name and we're family. So it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we're family. I just
0: had a little bit tongue tied. I've been talking to people all day. All (laughs) day.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: All right. So tell me something. How did you get so passionate about the topic of support and women getting proper support? Where did all that come from?
1: You know, I attended this workshop called Momentum in 2015, and during that time, it was leaders from all industries. It was in in New York, so, you know, go-getters, ambitious folks, men and women, and two things I say were hardest for us all to ask for, we realize, love and support. And when I say hard, I mean boohoo crying, don't make me ask, I don't want to do it kind of thing. So that was my first time realizing, wow, I actually have a problem asking for support. So after the workshop, you know how you go to the event, you go to the conference, you go to wherever, you get all this information, you're all turned up. And then what happens afterwards, you forget. So I wanted to keep this going for me. So I started to think of support as this idea of something sexy. So not sexual, but sexy, like a sexy dress or a sexy vacation, a sexy apartment, something you want to get close to. So I would say support is sexy, support is sexy, support is sexy to kind of force myself to remember. And then I started sharing that with other women I knew, especially women entrepreneurs who were trying to do it all themselves. And I would see them light up like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to use that support is sexy. And then it just started to roll from there. So it started off as a a personal mantra for me after attending Momentum, and then it evolved into me using the, the phrase with other people. And then in 2016, I launched my podcast around this idea of asking women entrepreneurs the role that support played in their journey.
0: Interesting. Now, I remember when I was coming out of college, and I remember hearing all these professional women saying, look, you can have it all. Oh, you gosh. can't have it all at the same, <laughs> same time. time. <laughs> remember, I, I, I've, I've heard it once. I heard it 15 times. That it right. so, so talk about that. I mean, is that still
1: true? Do you agree with that statement? I don't know if I agree. I think I do think you can have it all. But what I think we need to get back to. And this is something that I actually have as an exercise in my book is about defining your all for yourself like what does all look like for you your all is going to look different than my all it's going to look different than someone else's all i think where we get caught up feeling like i can't have it all because a lot of times you're you're wanting things that maybe you you're saying you want things that maybe you don't really want or you're saying you want things that you think you quote unquote should want or what someone else says you should want so i try to think and i think this year in 2020 especially maybe a lot of people are really reflecting on this what do I really, really want? The second really I say is italicized. Like, what do you really, really want? And what do you really, really need to let go of? You know, so mm-hmm. there are some mm-hmm. things, you say know. All... for the people oh. <laughs> in the back. In the back, let it go. <laughs> yes. You know, so just really processing what all looks like for you and then deciding how to go after that. And maybe all of it isn't at the same time. I just think, again, all is a, a something that's self-defined.
0: Okay. All right. So, do you think these issues, though, are different for
1: Black women than they are for, let's say, white women or other women of color? You know, I interviewed Katherine Finney, who I know you know, right? Catherine, who is the probably the founder of. She was a founder of Digital Undivided, and she was founder of Budget Fashionista, and I know she's going to be working on something else, I'm sure. Which fabulous woman! And she wrote this article years ago about the language of the ask. I believe it's what it's called, and it was about. Just what you mentioned, Black women needing to learn the language of the ask. So I interviewed Catherine and and about a dozen other women for my book, but I wanted to talk to her about that, about historically Black women not being taught or even allowed to ask, right? Black and black men and women. You think about my parents, for example, are in their 90s, God bless them. They grew up in Alabama in the 30s and they weren't able to ask because you could get in trouble for asking or killed for asking. So it is something I do think that we struggle with from a cultural standpoint, but other women, you know, everywhere too have the same struggle about asking for support.
0: So let's talk about what support might look like now. There's a new lens of support, right? So we've mm-hmm. got a brand new vice president elect, Kamala yes, Harris, mm-hmm.
1: who
0: has a husband, Doug Emma, will now be known as the second man. Okay. And he is about to give up his entertainment law practice to support his wife. Do you have to pick a special man for that job you... for these kind of things to happen? Or is it a life? special man
1: or a white man? I, I, <laughs> i'm not saying this uh, <laughs> i'm not saying that's what you're and i, I say know, that a don't come man,
0: look. A, a, <laughs> man, a, a man younger than you a man older. <laughs> right <laughs> i mean what me. is
1: it exactly <laughs> Listen, don't don't tweet us crazy. I didn't say that because I'm saying that's what you have to do. I'm just saying that's what Vice President Harris has chosen to do. I do think to answer your question specifically, you do have to pick a special man. And what I've learned is I, I don't even. Well, your man should be special. Your partner should be special anyway. But for me, I've learned you have to choose someone who is attracted to your ambition your ambition can't be just this other thing. That's a part of who you are. And and, at least in my case, the ambition has to be part of the thing that they are attracted to because it's going to be hard. You know, I don't know. I know you're probably younger than me, Melinda, but I am a woman in my forties. So I'm men who are in their forties, maybe their fifties, maybe thirties, but forties and fifties mostly. So I'm not trying to change anybody who's been doing the same thing for 50 something years. So if this is something that doesn't work for you, Me being on camera talking to you or me doing all the other things I want to do, it's just not going to work and you don't want to try to force someone to change. So I'm sure the second husband was always, if not always, learned to be supportive of, and that might have been probably part of the thing he was attracted to, like this woman is doing it. So I don't know, you know, we want them to be special, of course, but I really do think and there's nothing wrong with men who don't want that, who want someone who wants to be home or whatever that looks like. I, I've i had a guy tell me that, like, you're not going to have time to take care of me. It's like, this won't work. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> <it's> going to work. <laughs> I'm you off the island quickly. OK, so, I mean, you know, I once had a man tell me, you know, you need to find somebody who wants to be the chairman of your fan club. And I think I like that. Like I think like that might be the yeah. right. Like somebody who's like, give me and, a M, give me an E, give me a M. Yeah,
1: L, and L, someone L. that knows too. I'm, I'm sh- maybe you run into this when you're home, you don't want to be the superstar, ambitious woman, et cetera. You just, you just want a soft place to land. You want them to have a soft place to land. So I think that's the thing too. People think that because you're you know in the public, and I'm no superstar certainly, but on camera or doing, writing books and doing the more public facing things will say that that is who you are all the time. And it's no, for me, I am a woman. I want to be adored and cherished and supported and all the other things. And I will do the same. So that's the thing, too. That's why I say, you know, your ambition is a part of you. It's not all of you. And we have to remember that for ourselves, too. Our ambition is a part of us, not all of us. So this is why this idea of asking for support, letting go of what I call I got it syndrome and being open to it is so important for us.
0: Well, talk about I got it syndrome. Let's talk it. about what I call I call that superwoman syndrome. We that's gonna, right. We don't let you have your book title. <laughs> All right. So what is I got it syndrome? What is that?
1: Yeah, I say I got it syndrome is something when anyone offers an unapologetically ambitious woman support and her first response without even thinking is I got it. It's okay, I got it. No, no, no. I got it. I said I got it. Whatever I got it looks like for you. That is what I call I got it syndrome. So it's really not even being mindful of the fact that you're pushing support away. This is everything from, you know, working on a project together at the office to the person who is at the grocery store who is assigned to carry your groceries out to the car for you and you are struggling to do it on your own, they offer you support and you're just like, Oh no, it's okay, I got it. Just anything in the situations where there could be support. <laughs> you have you you dropped your head because you've done that? I've done that. And the guy was like, Okay, I mean they pay me to do that, but You go ahead and struggle with your arms burning, trying to carry those groceries out to the car. But we're so used to saying, I got it. It's just we don't even think about it. So that's what I want women to be more mindful about that. And and I say this, Melinda, and you're probably one of these women, too. Maybe you do have it. Maybe you could do it by yourself, but how wonderful would it be to just be open to the universe trying to send support your way to be woo-woo for a minute? Why not get in the habit of accepting support? Why not just take a beat, take a beat and think about it and say, you know what, thank you. That would be great. And it's not only a gift to you, it's a gift to that person, too, to be able to support you in whatever way they are trying to help you in that moment. So that's something that I want us just to be more mindful of. And it's a way of, you know, connecting with other people and all those other things. But really, it's just like you don't have to get it. You get enough. I always say think about all you did today and all Melinda, think about all you did today since 5 a.m. Think about all you got planned for tomorrow. Let the man carry your groceries. Listen, that I,
0: I, <laughs> I, I like you in the back of my head like the little angel on my shoulder. like, let them do it.
1: Let them just Don't say, a, say them thank it. you. Right. Yes, please, thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's talk about COVID. You know, one of the things that's been very interesting for me in COVID-19 has been this concept of self-care, right? Mm-hmm. And I used to think of self-care as like, oh, I'm going to go get my nails done. And what I have come to know you know, and from my, you know, and my name is Melinda Emerson and I'm a workaholic, right? So (laughs) I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to deny who and what I am. Yeah. But what I also know is that self-care is a thing, right? And it's like resting is actually an activity. Resting (laughs) is an activity. That's right. And I just, I mean, I just learned that and and I'm ashamed to say that. I mean, but I was like, you know, Resting is a thing. Like, it's like it's required. And I don't think enough of us, I think some of us super type AA overachiever ambitious women are just on go. And that's like how we operate. We on go. And it's like, but eventually your car breaks down. Like, if you never stop and get a tune up, if you never take it to get an oil change, if you never check the air to make sure the air, the air pressure is right the tires. Eventually you're gonna catch a flat and you're gonna catch a flat when you got high heels on and somewhere to go. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah, flat and it's-
0: flat in your life, it's like you yeah. can end up with, you know, heart attack, strokes, high blood pressure, mm-hmm. cholesterol medicine. Like there's things that can happen. Stress kills people. And I don't know that we fully appreciate that. And I was wondering if in your research and the women that you've talked to, like this concept of self-care mm-hmm. and, and support as part of self-care is
1: a thing. Yeah. Well, I love that you mentioned about self-care, not just being about going to get a manicure or a pedicure or a massage or all these other things, which to most women just feels like another to-do on their list, right? There's nothing wrong with those things. Those are certainly part of self-care. But what I also remind people and what I talk to the women in my book about is self-care can look like healthy boundaries. Self-care can look like saying no when you mean no, not saying yes to things that you know will stress you out or that you really don't as going back to really, really want to do or even need to do. So self-care can look a lot of different ways. It's not just how you pamper yourself. There's that. It's how you take care of yourself, certainly your health and how you eat and all of those things that most of us already know. But I think we forget about, again, things like healthy boundaries or, you know, letting things go, as we talked about, if you're whether as an entrepreneur, if you're working on a project or with a client who you just at a point you just know it's not working. It's all money ain't good money, right? It's a toxic relationship. Say, again, say it again, for people again. <laughs> <laughs> all money is not good money, right? So that's the thing. So those kinds of things too are about self-care, even if in the business context and those kinds of things. So that's what I'm finding out. And those self-care and also those are examples of ways of supporting yourself. So yes, the manicure, yes to manicures, pedicures, all that thing, I'm all about it but you got to take care of yourself too, your mental health, protect your, Protect your, what do they say? Stand guard at the doorway of your mind, right? I believe that's, uh, is that Tony Robbins? Someone says that, I'm not taking credit, but stand guard at the doorway of your mind. So you have to make sure that you keep your mind healthy mm-hmm. and whatever your surroundings are as healthy as possible.
0: I love that. It's really powerful. Thank you, Elaine. Listen, when we come back, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady. You're watching the Small Biz Chat Live. We'll be right back. Are you tired of struggling in your business, not taking a paycheck, dreading dealing with your business in the morning? Are you regretting even starting your business in the first place? Well, I know you're tired, and I also remember what that kind of tired is like. But the good news is, it's time to stop feeling that way. Stop! I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, and my new book, Fix Your Business, is a 90-day turnaround plan to get back your life and reduce chaos in your business. I've been in business nearly 20 years, and let me teach you how to build a business that works for you. Grab a copy today. Welcome back to Small Biz Chat Live. I'm here with my guest, Elaine Booker. Elaine, tell me, what are the most important attributes of, of successful women business leaders, like people that are doing this well, what does that look like? Like, who are those people?
1: I think, you know, during the times that we're in, some of the best business leaders are the ones who are trying to make it a point within the organization to practice empathy and compassion. I mean, we all know about all of the other skills that you need in order to grow a business. And, or most of us, I should say, know about that. Certainly, if you're the leader of a company. But I think during this time, whether it's, you know, someone has lost a parent or a family member or someone to COVID, someone is struggling with everything that's going on as far as social justice and systemic racism in the country and how we're all trying to move beyond that or heal, really, not even move beyond, heal some of those wounds that are certainly still open. Or maybe it's someone has to homeschool their kids. And you're trying to have them on 16 Zoom meetings all day, you know, so just really being open to what people are experiencing during these unprecedented times. I mean, all the things are happening in 2020. So I think the best leaders, women leaders, I would say too, empathy and compassion for yourself as a leader, because you're doing the best you can, as we all are doing this time. And also for your team, you know, if you don't hit those goals or you don't hit those revenue marks and all those other things, okay, during a regular year, but can we just kind of really assess what's been going on this year and not use it as an excuse, but to be really clear about what really went wrong or what was really different this year and just have conversations about things, conversations, honesty, openness, Let create space for people to feel like there's some, you know, psychological safety for them to be able to share what's really going on. So that's those are the things that I see where the leaders are and practicing kindness. Leaders are really changing, shifting their companies. And I will say even seeing that from the outside, there are certain companies that I see when I hear about a leader doing something special for their employees during this time, whatever that looks like, whether they're not taking a salary or they've created some kind of special thing for people to start working at three so they can focus on their kids or whatever that is, that makes me want to buy from that company more. That makes me want to support that company more. That makes me want to get behind them or tell other people about them. So I think, again, the best leaders are really starting to care about their people. All right. So tell me, who do you look up to
0: for inspiration and mentorship in this area of your life? Because I know for me, I have a team of mentors, right? So I have people that are sort of like my mom mentors that help me with my son. And and frankly, my mother is the chairman of that committee, right? Right. um, Right. I have women who help me, you know, be better leaders or, you know, aspirationally where I want my company to go, you know, getting on corporate boards and directors and things like that. So I have like some women that sort of like mentor me in that aspect of my life. And then I have a mastermind group of women who are more like peers and we're all, you know, trying to get our businesses to the next level. So like I have sort of like this uh, bunch of different people that, you know, advise me around certain things. But who do you look up to for for inspiration and mentorship, sort of like in in this area of your
1: life? i have similar circles as you do with the mastermind and on mastermind of a small group of entrepreneurs that i meet with it's women and men myself and some others and then i have a bigger mastermind of on just a facebook group the supported sexy mastermind which is about 400 or so women and we come in there and share resources and opportunities and feedback and ask questions so that's sort of a bigger group just to have a place to go and ask whatever questions you want but for me personally what's been a game changer for me for the past three year 2017 i think it was, is having a business coach. So she is someone, Margot, that I talk to every every week. I talked to her earlier today, as a matter of fact. And it's not even with um, necessarily coming to her with the problem, even though usually I do come to her with whatever the problem is, but it's more so just being able to talk out loud through something. I mean, I even had that situation today where I was talking through something, asking her a question, then I realized, you know what, maybe I should do, et cetera. And then we started talking about that and she supported what the idea was that I came up with. But having it in my head all day or even the past couple of days, that never occurred to me speaking it out loud to her it helped me sort of think through it being able to talk about it and think about the different angles so having for anyone listening having a coach or some kind of support mentor sponsor whatever that looks like where you can just share whatever's going on and kind of talk it through and have somebody listen even if they don't have all the answers having someone there to listen is truly important so that has been again a game changer for me so shout out to margo geller who's okay. in atlanta
0: all right <laughs> okay. all right i love it so What kind of personal and professional staff
1: support does a busy boss lady need to have around her? The kind she can trust because nothing's worse than hiring folks and then you still doing everything. Right. So you need done is better than perfect. We have to remember that, first of all. Right. So you need to get things done and maybe they're not going to do it exactly like you would do it, whatever that is, whether it's from social media to some kind of presentation or anything like that. It's not going to be perfect. It should be as close as possible. Of course, everyone wants to do their best and practice excellence but don't get caught up in i'm going to hire people but i'm still going to do all the things. Successful folks, the most successful folks know how to build their teams, how to get support, which is what we're talking about, and how to delegate. That is how you truly move ahead because if you are, if you truly want to be the visionary of your company, the person that's thinking big, that's you need space, mental space, physical space, whatever space looks like for you to be able to do that and you need time. But if your time is bogged down with all the things that you hired you know, Sarah, I have a Sarah on my team that you hired Sarah for, what's the point? You're not gonna be able to do the things that really speak to whatever your best skills are. So having a team and a team that you decide to trust.
0: All right, I know your book is coming out next May, but do you have a recommendation for books uh, that, are, that are good for Bosch chick?
1: That are good for boss chicks? Let's see, I I have, oh gosh, I'm looking over at my bookshelf here. So many books that are good for boss chicks, but some that I thought about for self-care actually are some oldies but goodies. So I love Lisa Nichols, I live for her. And um, her book, Abundance Now is such a great book that is about this idea, of course, accepting abundance, accepting support or realizing the universe will show up for you. So I love Abundance Now. A very oldie but goodie, Acts of Faith, Ayanla Vanzant. Just having something, you know, you could read, that's on my bookshelf, you could read every day, just a check-in, just a reminder, something that gets you in sort of a daily practice. You know, people say, you should, I'm sure you probably heard, you should wake up, you should meditate, you should do this, you should do that. Having something that is sort of a guide for you, like, okay, here's what I can do. I can wake up and read one page of Acts of Faith. I can do that before the kids get up or whatever the other thing is. So I like those two books as examples of things that you can use. And I'm actually about to read this book called A Blessing by Anita Stewart and Jacqueline Adams. And they were executives at Google and talking about women of color working together and leading together, so I'm excited to check that out. But I think that's going to be a good one. I've heard a lot of good things about it. So that's a that's a boss that's a boss lady book.
0: All right, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Elaine. I appreciate you for being here, and thank all of you for joining me tonight. Please head over to my blog, Succeed Your Own boss.com. We'll have more information about all of my guests tonight. And certainly, I want to leave you with this. My mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. But here's the deal. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Good night, everybody. And God bless. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Belinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.